0: The only place for local talk every morning with Kurt and Anthony. News Talk WVMT.
1: Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Curtin Anthony here on this Hump Day Wednesday, and we are pleased to have joining us in studio now as she has a number of times over the... starting with the summer of the first year we were on. She was in here freezing because <laughs> yes, it was a little cold. Courtney Lambden. Good morning, Courtney.
2: Morning, both of you. Thank you for having mm-hmm. me again. Yeah.
1: yeah, we love it when you come on, and she'll be back with us with doing the... right before the legislature... Or before the legislature... before the uh, town meeting day vote... Um, Courtney will be back with us with Catherine Huntley this time. So That's we're right. looking forward to that. That's gonna be next Friday, right before the election. Uh so so Courtney, your profile race on the mayor's race is out today on set in seven days. I encourage everybody to read it. I've read it. It's a really in-depth story. It's not, you know, something that Courtney worked on for how long, Courtney?
2: Oh, I think it was about a month or so. Of course I had to, you know, cover city council meetings or write various city news in between. So Um, but yeah, three, three or four weeks, I would say. Yeah.
1: So when you're writing an article like this, um, what goes into it? You obviously, you want to make sure that it's done fairly, that both sides kind of come out of it feeling like it was balanced. Like you didn't, you didn't tilt to one side or the other. How do you look at an article like this and work to, to achieve that?
2: Yeah. So I think what really, what I start with most times is trying to interview as many people about the candidates as possible. So, Um, I really started out, I contacted both of the campaigns and said, like, basically who would be willing to do interviews? You know, some people don't really want to put their name to, you know, who they're voting for. This was like, this was really earlier on before a lot of endorsements had come out. So um, it was, it was perhaps, you know, people were maybe uncomfortable at that point, but I ended up getting a a good, a lot of good names. I went to um, events with the candidates and found people to speak with there um, so it's really just gathering a lot of information, doing a lot of research. Of course, I know Joan um, a little bit better than I knew Emma, uh, just because I've covered the city council for five years. So I had my own kind of background knowledge to draw from. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot of information gathering, a lot of talking to people.
0: So you you um, I, I like that uh, I like the fact that it seems or, it's organic. You you talk to a lot of people, and in the beginning, it was before the endorsements came out. A lot so of them, some, yeah. Some folks are a little apprehensive, but they, but they want to. It's a good way to get a perspective on a candidate when you when you talk to people who maybe even haven't even decided yet, because then you got to walk through their decision process with them over time.
2: Right, exactly. And I would, I will say, most of the people that I spoke with already knew from the beginning, but there was at least one or two people who I spoke with. One of them quoted in the article who knew he wasn't going to vote for Joan, wasn't entirely, did not think at that point he would vote for Emma. But then as time went on, he had spoken with her more. I still don't know if he'll vote for Emma. He actually had supported Madison, um, but he kind of was warming to her. So it was interesting to see kind of people's perspective shift as the candidates did more debates or, um, you know, more public appearances and interviews and things.
1: How do you think um, the endorsements have played out in this race? Do you think they're making a big difference this time?
2: You know, I think... For Joan, I think they do for both of them. For Joan, I know that the endorsement of the um, police, fire unions, as well as um, more recently the um, IBU and the AFSCME unions, the city employee unions, um, you know, that's a a really strong message to send. And the police and fire especially, given that a lot of this race is about public safety, I think that speaks to a lot of voters. Emma has been you know, really promoting um, Democrats who are voting for her, saying that, you know, her campaign is more about more than just party labels. So I think that those messages would appeal to people.
1: And she had, uh, and of course, that's her, it would seem like that's her, her ticket to potentially winning is she has to draw a fair amount of Democrats. And obviously they want to sort of characterize Joan as she's too far right. Um, and they, she had the press con- the, the event with Sarah George, Mark Larson, CD Madison, and, and a few others.
2: Yeah, I think for a progressive in Burlington right now, you have to kind of be more centrist if you want to win, um, and that's what. A portion of this article is about is is kind of emma's challenge in this race i think is um just the very fact that she's a progressive like she is not a police abolitionist she's been clear about that um she thinks the city does need to hire more police um but because she's associated with the Prague party that led the vote in 2020 um it could be a liability for her and that's something she acknowledged from the beginning
0: let's go to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive good morning Courtney. great story i read it this morning Quick question: Does IRV play any role in essentially a two-person race? I know there's two other candidates, but it seems to me it's really a, um, a one-to-one. Yeah,
2: yeah. Thank, thank yeah. you for reading. Thanks IRV,
1: for calling. IRV, um, how does? How do you think that does impact this race? Obviously, it's back now in the mayor's race for the first time since back in oh9 uh, Maybe. Um, how do you? How do you think this impacts it? You have two other candidates. Do you feel like one of the candidates is going to fall below 50%?
2: You know, I don't know what will happen in the first round. I was wrong when I when I tried to predict what would happen in the Democratic caucus, which was not IRV, but uh I did think it would go into another round, it did not. So I wouldn't necessarily trust my predictions on that.
0: <laughs> but um don't trust ours either. Yeah, yeah we were all on the same boat, I think.
2: I think so. Um but as far as, you know, this race, I um this will be my first mayoral race with IRV that I'm covering, so I, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens. I I do think Um, you know, having four candidates, it will be interesting because for people who either are all the way Joan or all the way Emma, like I don't necessarily think that someone who wants to vote for Joan would even rank Emma or vice versa, but maybe they would rank Chris Hazley who is someone who is who is a little bit better known. He's served on various boards and commissions. Will Emmons is not as well-known, um, so I don't really think he'll be a factor in an IRV race. Um, but it could be interesting. Like It depends on if voters are just all in on one candidate or if they would choose to rank someone like Chris.
0: Or if they know what to do.
2: Or if they know, right, that's because true. Because it's
0: the first real race in quite a long time uh, in Burlington with IRV.
2: That is true. We've had it for council races, but, Kurt, you might remember. Have, did we have three candidates in a council race since we've reintroduced it? I can't remember.
1: I'd have to look back.
2: But it is is—it is relatively new, for I, sure. It doesn't
1: seem to have come into play very much in the council races right. since it's been back.
2: Right.
0: Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, yes, good morning. Listen, I haven't had a chance to read your article yet. I'm looking forward to it. But you guys just dropped a nuclear weapon and slipped right on through. I have to call and make sure I heard it right. Did you say that the current Chittenden County prosecutor endorsed Emma?
2: No, not. I thought she was at her press event. She was at her press event. She was at this um, Dems for Emma unity rally, as they called it, in the audience. She didn't speak. Um, Well, well, that, wouldn't that be taken as an endorsement? Well, you know, I tried not to make that assumption because also in the audience was Sam Donnelly, who's the former uh, party chair for the Burlington Democrats. Um, he said he was just, I asked him, I said, why are you here, Sam? And he said, um, I'm here just as someone who's interested in the race. So, yeah,
0: but he wasn't standing up behind her to be
2: photographed Neither with was her, Sarah. But- neither was Sarah. Oh well, where was she located? She was actually right next to Sam in the audience. <laughs> um, so there were oh, a lot okay. of people there. There were a lot of pe- but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But it, and-
1: it was characterized in some media as uh, she was mentioned as a person that was there as a supporter. I mean, it may not have been in Seven Days, but so. Well,
2: uh, let me
0: ask. Let me ask you this: Has Sarah George attended any Joan events?
2: That's a good question, and I have not gone to all of them. I try to sleep sometimes, but um, <laughs>
0: I'll make a bet. Uh, I'll make a bet with you.
2: I, I, yeah, I will say, yes, in in my article, Sarah George did say that she is in support of of Emma's, like, I asked her about, since this race is about public safety, what is your thought? Are you here because you support Emma's way of approaching public safety? And, you know, and she did say, yes, she was there, but she has not, Emma, as far as I know, has does not have, like, an official endorsement from Sarah George. So, you know, maybe it's the same thing. It could very well just be the same thing, but when we're talking about official endorsements, I haven't seen one officially.
0: Wow. I mean, you're aware that Sarah George says her goal was to destroy the criminal justice system publicly. She said it in a form in Harvard. You're, you're aware of that.
2: Yes. I've seen the clip go around and I don't think that's a, been a secret of hers. Her, her she's a reformist.
0: You know, well, it may not be a secret, but I'm glad she said it. And so now we know, and, uh, at least from her lips and now I know how I'm going to vote. Hey, thanks. All
1: right. Um, Courtney, what did you – so obviously you spent a lot of time with both candidates. You went to some of their events. How did you find each candidate? Were they different in how they dealt with people? Um, were they both good at dealing with people on, one and, on one-on-one type events? I mean, obviously there's the debates where they speak in front of sometimes large crowds. And I went to the UVM one last week. But then there's the smaller you – know, the coffee clutches and things – How did they? How did they both interact? Did they have different styles?
2: Yeah, the events that I went to, definitely, I would say yes. You know, like I think perhaps it was because the events that I went to for Joan in particular, it was in in the South End, in her district, where she's been representing folks as a city councilor for two decades. So I think she was very comfortable in that in that scene. Like she was with folks that she's known for a long time. Um so I think that maybe put her more at ease. And in that in that situation, she did not do most of the talking. Um like she kind of let people uh you know raise their concerns what they were seeing in Burlington. At one point, uh Malik Mines, who's running in Ward 3 as the Democrat came in, she let him have the floor and talk about what he's seen as a a former retail manager downtown. Um, So I think she was very comfortable in that scenario. Emma, where I caught her, she was running late, um, coming back from the state house, kind of juggling her two roles, which I think is an interesting part about her, her, you know, as a candidate. Like she is tr- is trying to do two really important things at one time. So I think she was a little harried when she first came to this meeting at the East Village co housing. Um, but as the people we were able to answer questions and and talk to her. She kind of, you know, loosened up and and made some jokes about, you know, parenting a difficult four-year-old and, and, you know, people were laughing by the end. So it was a little bit of a rushed affair, but yeah, it it was, it really, really cool to see them both interacting with people.
0: Every morning, Kurt and Anthony keep you in touch with your community with the morning drive on news talk. WVMT.
1: Welcome back to the morning drive everybody Curtin Anthony here with Courtney Lambden. and we are it's a preview of her article that came out this morning in 7 Days and I would say it's the most uh, in-depth article so far in the mayor's race. Uh I thought it was very well done, very well balanced on both sides. So it seems to me like both candidates would be would be would be good with it, you know.
2: Hope so. You, I haven't you, heard <laughs> yet.
1: <laughs> well, I do think it was balanced. One of the things I pick up on, on and we'll get to the call in just a second um is that as you touched on, I think three years ago when Max Tracy ran, it was a different dynamic than it is now, it seems like. And back then, the progressives seemed to be a little bit more in vogue, really, than they are now. Uh, people have soured on some of the things that the council did back then, it seems like. And so I know you mentioned that, that um, Emma Mulvaney Stanick didn't even put progressive on some of her literature.
2: One that I saw, yes, at least one. I, I, have, I don't have her whole library of brochures, but the one that I did see did not it omitted it. And yet. someone
1: else mentioned that to me, that they'd gotten the piece on her door, and they, they were looking at it and said, it doesn't say the party anywhere on here. Right. Whereas, I'm, I'm just guessing, don't you think three years ago, she probably would have had that front and center?
2: I think so, and it, I probably still, still have some of Max Tracy's stuff in my file folders I could look. But yes, and normally, I think people do um, advertise that.
0: All right, well, let's go back to the phones. Good morning, you're live on The Morning Drive.
1: Um, Good morning. I have a question about Emma. Um, I believe she voted
0: for the uh, pay raise and the health care for the legislators. And I also think she voted for three other bills that are being challenged on their constitutionality with all the experts said they would be challenged, and she voted in favor of those bills. I find it hard to believe that Burlington can afford her. Thank
2: you. I think you're referring to, yes, I think Emma was maybe the lead sponsor of the bill to raise legislator pay, which I think has been shelved. Kurt, you probably know better than me. But um, the other one I think maybe the caller's referring to is the um, non citizen voting, which, yes, was, um, this was a charter change in Burlington that Emma, um, you know, once it passes as a charter change, has to go through the legislature and, and become a bill and go through that process. Emma, I think, did try very hard to shepherd through all of Burlington's charter changes. And yes, that one was challenged. um, But that, that did not, that, that challenge did not work out um, by the GOP.
1: I will say, I'm surprised that there hasn't been more focus. And I, and I'll just ask you this, what do you think about this, even from the Shannon campaign on her legislative record, because I I say this only as a candidate that was in the same position as Emma was in the legislature and running for mayor. um, And, Every single vote I cast, all of a sudden would be boom. The other side would be saying, oh, Kurt Wright just cast this vote. What was he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, are you surprised that there hasn't been more focus even from the Shannon campaign on the some of the votes in the legislature that they might find, might have found useful to use?
2: Yeah. I mean, I- there's so
1: many votes that you could have always pick something out and say, what was she doing here?
2: Right. She certainly doesn't have as long of a uh, record to scrutinize as Joan as for someone being in political office. But yes, I do. I did find that interesting. I, but what I think the reason maybe could be is that people are very concerned about what's happening in Burlington right now. And I think that perhaps they're more interested in, in her perspectives on how she would deal with those issues. I, obviously, everything that happens in Montpelier Affects everywhere you know right um but i think maybe this this race just seems very focused on the the challenges that burlington is facing
1: can you talk a little bit about this um this instagram account called let's talk about joan i've heard about this and how does that happen where nobody knows who's actually behind it
2: oh this happens all the time
1: oh Uh it does i didn't didn't know (laughs) that.
2: yeah um these you know i i i am interested um and who's running these sort of accounts? Um, this account that Kurt's talking about is one that was uh, created in January at some point um, to uh, their mission it says is to you know raise awareness about Joan's voting record. They say they're not um, affiliated with any particular campaign um, and their goal is to basically say, don't vote for Joan like that's what this account is. Um, I haven't seen a similar one about emma but that doesn't mean there's not one out there but yes there are anonymous accounts everywhere i'm surprised have you talked on your account about these anonymous burlington crime instagram accounts i'm very curious who runs those
1: yeah Yeah. and so there's no way to find out who runs them huh
2: well like you could message them and ask i suppose
1: i do have a talent
2: of finding out who runs secret. i know you you do social media accounts you're you're
0: pretty good at that um no I, i follow i have a i follow the the reddit uh the subreddit burlington and vermont and it is amazing the uh, stuff that's on there. That's like the Wild West. People have
2: a tendency to say a lot when they're anonymous. Yeah, they yeah. certainly
0: do. And, it, and, it, and uh, I, I, everything I read on, on Reddit, I think, there's a, there's a 70% chance that this is probably not accurate. Yeah. But it's fun to read.
2: Oh, sure. I read it, too, every day.
0: <laughs> Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. You're on the air. Go ahead. Do you have a question for Courtney? Okay. <laughs> I guess not. Um, yeah, it is. And, and that's got to be very frustrating for candidates. Uh, and when you talk to them, because there is, I mean, um, I, the, you know, the term misinformation, I think, is overused. But really, with social media and this kind of this o- these open platforms, there's a lot of garbage to wade through as well. And it must be frustrating um, to navigate through that for them.
2: Yeah, I think that that is true of any race, you know, and I I think probably in Burlington it is a big small city, you know, so I feel it feels probably maybe if you're a candidate, it probably feels a little bit more personal. Like I know that every time, you know, signs get taken down or defaced or whatever, mm-hmm. it you know, it feels like a very personal thing and I think that this campaign has been very clean, very polite, the the candidates, the themselves, candidates themselves. You yeah. know, like they they have discouraged that sort of behavior. Um and so it hasn't gotten very nasty, which is which is refreshing.
0: But it's, it's interesting to me that, um, and I think it's intimidating. I, 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 I know it's intimidating because I know people that have talked uh, to us uh, on the air and off the air that they they would like to get involved, but they're afraid of those kind of public attacks constantly.
2: Totally understandable. I would never want to do it myself. Um, sure.
1: But Courtney, can you talk a little bit about, there's one I thought that was particularly interesting where you talked about To New New North End residents, Gabrielle, uh, Serriera. I may not have that name. Sounds right. Is that right? And Liz, oh boy, this is tough. Nickelhenny. Yeah, yeah. And you said they that you you quote in here that they're solidly with Mulvaney Stenick's target demographic, young queer couple generally hold progressive ideals, but they were with Joan. That's right. I thought that was kind of the interest one of the interesting ones
2: yeah and i I found them by accident i I did some door knocking just like any candidate would, yeah. <laughs> and picked a random street in the new North end and knocked on some doors um They answered and yeah they're they're young folks um you know not this is not to say that anyone who meet certain descriptions automatically will vote for certain candidate. Mm -hmm. But I did find it interesting that, you know, um, given their like kind of political history, they vote, they have voted for progressives before, um, at least one of them has, I think. Um, and they are not voting for Emma this time. They feel that, uh, that they need someone who's perhaps a little bit, um, tougher on the issues happening in public in burlington like the drug use they feel like the, the way that the gabriella put it is that she thinks that joan shannon would be an adult in the room um which is i think is a characterization that emma would not really like um but that is what they said and they like that the that she's joan has gotten endorsements from fire and police unions um so yeah they they uh were kind of an interesting right. couple to talk to
0: well we are out of time and we will be back tomorrow right here on new stock w-
3: ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Like Evan Gerskovich, Brittany Greiner and Paul Whelan, the family of another American, this one with dual Russian-American citizenship is in Russian custody, accused of treason. She is a 33-year-old ballerina named Senya Karolina. ABC's Martha Raddatz has more on her story. Karolina's former mother-in-law telling ABC News that the dual citizen went to visit her family in Russia. If we don't help her, we can say goodbye to her. If we do not protect her as an American citizen, nobody else will. Carolina is the latest in a string of Americans detained by Russia, including Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gerskovich and ex-Marine Paul Whelan. Carolina's arrest coming after she allegedly donated about $50 to a Ukrainian charity she could now face up to 20 years behind bars. Overnight, prosecutors revealed new information about Alexander Smirnov, the informant now charged with providing false information about Hunter and Joe Biden to the FBI. Smirnov now claims a Russian intelligence officer passed on some of that damaging information and that Russian intelligence is actively trying to influence the 2024 election. The mother of dissident Alexei Navalny filing a lawsuit contesting Russian officials refusing to release her son's body. President Biden forgiving another billion dollars in student loan debt starting this morning. Today, another 153,000 Americans will get word from the Biden administration that all or a portion of their student debt has been relieved. President Biden will speak on this topic in Los Angeles today. The administration says the total number of Americans approved for some kind of student debt relief is now nearly 3.9 million. To qualify today, a borrower must be enrolled in the president's student loan payment plan called the save plan. Have an original balance of less than twelve thousand dollars and have been paying down their loans for a decade or longer. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. In New Mexico, jury selection begins today in the first trial involving the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. You're listening to ABC News.
2: Do you hear that? Asthma triggers
3: are everywhere, from dust mites, pet dander, and pollen, to smog and smoke. An asthma attack can strike anywhere, anytime. Be prepared
2: with quick-acting primatine mist. Clinically proven to open airways quickly. It's the number one FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. Primatine Mist. Breathe easy again. Use as directed.
3: A day at the beach in Fort Lauderdale turning deadly for a young girl suddenly trapped in a collapsing six foot hole in the sand. It's just heartbreaking that they were just
0: playing harmlessly in the sand.
3: Yeah, that witness watching as rescuers tried to free her and her brother, the little boy was hauled out, but the girl died after being in the sand for a full 15 minutes. For the third day in a row, the Eiffel Tower is closed to visitors as workers in Paris go on strike. They are warning that the walkout could last possibly for weeks. Police in India firing tear gas at thousands of farmers on a protest march to New Delhi. The farmers are demanding guaranteed prices for their crops. Gas prices on the rise in the U.S.
0: It's a rise that analysts had warned would be coming, and it's not done yet. This is a time of the year demand for gas rises. A switch to more expensive summer blends begins. But add to that, an Indiana refinery was down for two weeks and attacks on oil tankers in the Red Sea have all caused prices to go up. The Energy Department reporting in the past week the price of regular unleaded has risen 8 cents a gallon to an average of $3.27, and the analysts say this is only the beginning of the increases to come. Alex Stone, EBC News.
3: And a new mission for the Coast Guard near Seattle, trying to make Puget Sound safer for whales. A new pilot program has been launched to alert commercial ships in the area about whale sightings. The hope is that when a ship captain gets the alert, it'll slow down or give the whales a wider berth.